1: You know, the show is the realist sports and voice of the network I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh you want to know what matters to me today? I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you what matters to me today. Uh I've got someone on hold, and I believe that person is Kevin. I'm going to let Kevin hold on for a second there because I got to talk about something that's extremely important to me, and that is... Somebody had the nerve to ask me what's going on this Saturday. What? Almost made me cuss. I cuss every now and then, but I usually don't cuss. This Saturday, October 27th, in Stark County? Come on, man. How are you going to ask me a question like that? It's Madison McKinley game all week long. That's all that's happening. Nothing's happening in Stark County. Nothing's happening. You know what? I don't even... Really know of them people back in Canton and Madison, really careful, Ohio State's playing this weekend. Madison McKinley's happening. I mean, I'm talking big-time football, big-time high school football. I don't care what anybody says. One of the greatest rivalries ever existed in the world when it comes to high school sports. Madison McKinley. I, you know, as a matter of fact, I might try to see if I can get a plane out of here. I need to surprise some. I tell you what, check out Facebook. See how serious people are back there that are in Stark County, just 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 Google Maslin-McKinley. The Maslin Tigers and the Kent McKinley Bulldogs. Man, wow. And the game this year is going to be, a, yeah, Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. And when they say Tiger, listen, you don't have to go to LSU to see a Tiger. You can go to Maslin, Ohio. Game day. I tried to tell these folks out here in Arizona when I came in 2006, I believe it was uh, Hamilton was about to go into Massillon and play a football game, and I just tried to get him prepared. Went in there. You know, Hamilton's got a pretty damn good football team, you know, but uh, they went in there to Massillon, and it didn't come out the way they thought it would. And I'm telling you right now, anybody that's listening to this show that's from Stark County, Ohio, or from probably the United States of America, Massillon McKinley, orange and black, red and black, all over everything. And who's going to win? Of course, you know, the dogs is coming out on top victorious. Bring, another, bring it home. Just bring another victory home. That's all I got to say. If you don't win, don't come home. That's the bottom line. I've been there, done that. I know what that's like. Nobody don't want to see you. Don't want to talk to you. Listen, man, I played in AFC championship games. I played in national championship games in college. Massa McKinney, I'm telling you right now, that's that's where it starts. That's where it stops, Madison McKinley. Okay, I done lost my mind talking about Madison McKinley, but that's the real deal. I'm, t- I'm telling you, if you want to get ready to play some college football, some pro football, you need to play the Madison McKinley game. See if you can handle it. See if you can handle the pressure. People lose jobs. Coaches lose jobs. I remember when Woody Hayes got fired and Earl Bruce got the job. They asked the man the question, what is the most high-pressured, intense job that you've held as a coach? This is a this. He just came from Iowa State University. He said when I was head coach of the Madison Tigers, because he knew he had to beat McKinley or he was lose the job. Bottom line. Madison versus McKinley. Yeah, Chris Spillman, you out there. I know you listening. Yeah. Chris, you know, Chris left Canton to go to Madison to play. Can you believe that? He Left Canton, Ohio to go to Madison to play football. God rest his soul. Sonny's his dad. Good friend of mine. But uh, Chris and Rick, great football players out of Maslin. Shout out! This, you know, it's, it's quite a few people out there, man. Steve Luke, I would never Luke from Maslin, but I, I, I followed him. He gave me some good advice, and I went on to the Ohio State University. Steve Luke, love you, Luke. But we, some we bringing it, we bringing the heat this week. Too bad, Luke, over there in Maslin. But I tell you what, man, Percy Snow, yeah, Pers, Ken McKinley Bulldogs, don't play around. Mike Dawes, Cam McKinley Bulldogs, don't play around. Listen, you—you you, you seen the young man out there catching them touchdowns on the other side of of, of the long Drew Brees touchdowns? Joe Morgan, Cam McKinley Bulldogs, we don't play around. Yes, sir, Cam McKinley Bulldogs. just said, <laughs> rest his soul, brother Grimsley. Cam McKinley Bulldog, I can keep going on since nineteen seventy three. 1973 to 2012, somebody's been playing in either basketball or football from Camp McKinley High School. And so I just, you know, talking about power rankings. They need to just put Camp McKinley Bulldogs up there, in, you know, in the NFL and, and and rank us up there. Anyway, listen, a lot, man, a lot of stuff going to San Francisco. Is San Francisco to town now? You know, the 49ers didn't get it done, but they were right there in the hunt. And now all of a sudden the Giants. Baseball, they ain't listen the to Giants talking about resilience. They don't give up. They ain't never giving up. But anyway, I just said that because I got my man Kev on the line. Kev, how you doing, man? Hey. Everything good your way? Oh, everything is good, my way. How you doing today? Well, oh, I'm doing good. I'm excited, man. I You know, listen, it all starts and stops with high school, man. You know, listen, so I, I had to just go on a little rant there because my high school, Canton, Ohio, Pro Football Hall of Fame is on our, on our high school campus. They play every game, every Hall of Fame football game is played in our high school stadium. And the Cam McKinley Bulldogs is playing our arch rival, the Maslin Tigers. And we're going to win. And I just want to let the world know that, you know, Cam McKinley Bulldogs is playing the Maslin Tigers this weekend, Saturday, October, you know, 27th. It's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be about, maybe about 25,000 people in the stands, like it always is, and we're going to win. So uh I just wanted to share that with you, man, but listen, I know you was watching some football last night, man, a hell of a game last night, but, you know, bottom line is, is this, man, Chicago it's just better than Detroit. I, I don't know why anybody was really expecting anything different, but I, I want to talk to you about one thing in particular, Kev. Okay. And because I got a gentleman that's going to join me in the other segment of the show, I just want to get to the nuts and bolts. One thing, Ndamukong Suh. I mean, listen, the man plays the game old school. He plays the game like he is trying to hurt you. That's the way. That's the way football. He, he's old school football player. He don't like you. He he don't want to be friends with you, not once you between the lines and between the time of which the game is being played. And listen, however you can get a man down, you know, get him down within the rules. Sometimes I, was, I had a roommate that was a wrestler. Every now and then you see a move on the football field that looked like a wrestling move. But very few times in my life have I ever seen a man running full speed and able to, you know, throw a wrestling move on somebody all in, you know, in, in the same game. And he, he made it happen. But the bottom line is, did you see the tackle last night of which everybody's upset about?
2: You know what? Adama Kassou is a beast. <laughs> and like you said, he, you know, he plays smash mouth football. And regardless of how the Lions look like they not playing like they played the last season, Without Dominick's food, they would be worse off than what they are now.
1: Yeah, you know, and he just, you know, listen, a man brings a level of intimidation to the game. You know, he actually puts fear in your heart. Listen, Dick Buckus used to put fear in people's heart. I know I'm going way back. But Dick Buckers used to put fear in people's heart. Look at Mike Singletary. When he used to line up across the ball, his eyes big, wide open. Mike yeah. Singletary was putting fear in a man's heart. You know, i am gonna go back to Bill Berge back in the day. You know, Bill Berge was putting fear in a man's heart. Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor put fear in Ron Jaworski's heart. Th- that's what you, as a defensive player, intimidation is a part of a game and the expectations of how you're going to get hit, how hard you're going to get hit, the force of which you're going to get hit. Listen, man, Joe Turkey Jones back in the day when he slammed Terry Brassall down, he wasn't trying to make any friends. This, this, this is football and if it's within the rules. Now, it, I think what they're about to do is perhaps maybe throw some judgment in here. And, and I think a lot of times the unnecessary roughness, with the exception of a person who's taken a couple extra steps, you know, the, the, you know, Extra mm, that you throw in there in terms of making a tackle, trying to hurt some, you know, put a little pain, inflict a little pain. I think they're going to be that judgment call of unnecessary roughness is going to find its way and reveal itself in more games because that's the only thing I thought they possibly, if they threw a penalty, it might have been that, okay, there was, you know, a little bit of additional force that perhaps maybe wasn't necessary here. But I just, you know, what could the penalty have been? If, if, you, you know, you, you you wrap your leg around a man, you throw a wrestling move on him, you take him to the ground, that's a tackle.
2: That's what it is, you know. I, could, I didn't really see no penalty. I I just seen old school football bringing the man down the uh, best way he could at that time.
3: Yeah,
1: it's
2: he helmet to helmet. And, no, he just no, brought that man down.
1: No, not helmet to helmet. And I'm gonna tell you what was so amazing to me is the fact that he was able to to use the move. And I I, you know, I don't know if Ray, he may be a wrestler, but I'm going to tell you, it to me to be a wrestling move, and he was able to, he was sprinting now. He wasn't like he was standing up, the man in front of him, and boom, you know, put the wrestling move on. He was running and was able to, you know, maneuver the wrestling move into him, flipped his leg around and slammed him over. Bam! And when you got somebody like Jay Cutler, Jay said, you know, hey, man, it, it, it wasn't no real big deal. I'm going to tell you this. As a defensive back, when a big fullback is coming at you, he's trying to run over you. He don't care how big or how small you are. He puts his head down, and he tries to run over you. When you got a stiff arm, you know, Walter Payton had the nastiest stiff arm in the world. Didn't care. He just mm, mugged you and threw you down. The running backs show no sympathy when they see a smaller defensive back. I'm just wondering when is the defensive guys going to get – you know any sense of empathy when it comes to their health because there there isn't no, with the accept, even no even the chop blocks now still within the tackles you know they can they can clip you you know but uh you know if there's you know you engage with somebody else they can't clip you but i just man i i don't know that, that to me i couldn't even believe it was a problem i couldn't even believe it was worth a discussion but you know since some people were talking about it i did want to you know throw it out there see what you had to say about it but i think you agree with me Uh, that it wasn't that bad, but, uh, so let me ask you something, man, before we go. Um, the 49ers, you know, the 49ers, the Seahawks, yeah, did that, you you know,
2: that was a good game.
1: Did you, did, was it what you expected to be? You know, it was a good, it was old school football to me, man. It wasn't a lot of points scored, you know, uh, it was a lot of, what I
2: expected. And the reason why I said that because the three, the three top defense in the NFC West, is the Seahawks, 49ers, and the Cardinals, and I expect for it to be a good a defensive, hard-fought game, and the winner would would probably be the one with the least turnovers. And special teams would play a, a part of it.
1: I'm, I'm gonna tell you, you know, the 49ers, they got a game breaker back there. If they again ever get, you know, you know, he any any time you kick the ball to him there's a fear that he could bring it back the whole, you know, the distance on you. So I'm glad you mentioned about special teams. I heard you throw the Cardinals in there a little bit. Uh Let me ask you about those Cardinals out there, man, because, listen, uh, the defense is still – I think the defense, the foundation of that team is its defense. Uh Adrian Peterson, you know, had a nice little game, 100-some yards on them. But do you think the Arizona Cardinals' defense can keep them in the hunt the rest of the season? They got the 49ers Absolutely. coming up. I believe I believe they can they can
2: uh, still give them a, a challenge, but I also believe that that offense need to step it up also.
1: Yeah, but you know that's the thing about if I'm Larry Fitzgerald, man, I, I think I'm getting a little frustrated right now. You know, I, I've heard a name being thrown around out there. I, I'm, I'm gonna throw it out there, and I'm gonna ask you: Do they take the chance? I mean, what do they have to lose? Vince Young? Do they do they go that far as to just? Hey, hell! What do we got? To, what do we have to lose if we really want to try to, you know, make a run at this thing? Do we try to see if, you know, Vince Young might have something for us?
2: I would bring Vince Young in because one thing about Vince Young, he can make it happen if he knows the plays. If he knows the plays, he can make it happen. And this is another young man that's not only good with his arm, but he's good with his legs as well. So he's a, a, a double threat there.
1: And so you, so you would, if it were you, you would take a chance on it. I would take a chance on it. Well, that, 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 that's really, really interesting because, you know, Vince has been out the game for a little while, but the Cardinals find themselves in a position whereas, you know, you, you gotta do something. I, I don't know if Kevin Cobb is gonna be the answer. You know, he's hurt already. Skelton, you know, he's certainly not gonna be the answer. You got a young guy. I don't think you can bring him in, but, Hey, man, Vince has won some games. You know, you might want to take a chance with Vince. But I tell you what, listen, I got a little bit of music, Kev. I'm going to have you hold on, come back with me on the other side of break. I got a friend who's going to join us, too. Todd Pride is going to join us. And we're going to talk a little bit about fishing. Yeah, fishing. Some guys end up going fishing a little earlier than others, but I think it's a little therapeutic, too. You listen rail of sports on the Voice America network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
1: You hear the music, you know the show. you listen listening to Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Uh, Kev, I appreciate you joining me, man. I uh, wanted to say a, maybe one or two things before we get off into uh, uh, another discussion. Uh, but uh, before we went to well, when we were off air, you know, I, I said to you, Kev, you know, hey, man, Cam Newton. What's going on with Cam Newton? Is Cam getting people fired? And your answer was, of course he did. I say,
2: say Cam is throwing his people up under the bus. Yeah, well, he's not a pro.
1: Yeah, well, let me just say this: he is. He is not a. He's not demonstrating what we would call uh, leadership skills in terms of being a good pro, because you know you don't get this thing done by yourself. You know, I, you know, very few times, you know, Tom Brady, you saw Tom Brady. He was very, you know, animated, demonstrous on the sideline, needed some help, needed some people to make some blocks. That's okay. But I I think Cam is just, I think Cam is still finding his way into the league. He hasn't, yeah, he's not a great quarterback yet. I mean, you don't, you're not great in one season. You might've had a great season, but you're not a great quarterback. One season doesn't make you a great quarterback. And so in terms of the reputation of the league, You know Cam is not an elite quarterback as of yet. So as I said, you know last week on the show, you know that Tom Brady has Tom Brady earned, uh, not Tom Brady. I'm sorry. Had Peyton Manning earned the respect of his team that he could go down the entire bench of the Denver Broncos and require them, you know, and demand them, hey guys, to step it up, and would he get the respect? And and I believe he has done that, and he can do that. You know, Cam Newton first has to earn respect of his teammates before I think he, he, he could be making the demands that, you know, something's gotta change. You know, I, but change, they could change quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, That's I, I just, I just don't think that he's earned that yet. I don't think he's demonstrated leadership qualities to be that vocal. And it's not so much of how he said it, but it's what he said. And, I was just surprised because I I think and I, you know, primetime agreed on on a couple of things. You know, what Eric Davis certainly did a couple of things, Eric and prime, you know, sometimes, man, when you make mistakes, players got to go before GMs and coaches go. And so in this particular case, do you think that perhaps maybe Carolina maybe did the wrong thing? Should have been a player or two that should have been let go before the GM or did they make the right decision?
2: I think the players should have went before the GM, but, you know, at the same time, they trying to use the excuse of the GM being a kind of major factor of not Julius Peppers not being there no more and spending too much money on the running backs. That's not panning out the way they expect, so uh that's the excuse that they use, but I'm a, I'm a true believer in this. GMs and coaches don't play the game. It's players that play the games. And they're the ones that, you know, when things are not going right, sometimes you got to make a statement with them players.
1: Yeah, and I and I agree with you. I mean, the bottom line is it's, it's up to the players to go out on those fields and to execute the game plan. they got to make plays. They make catches. They make tackles. You know, they return punts. They kick field goals. They, they do it all. I mean, the bottom line is you come up with a game plan. You, you were happy with the game plan going in. You know, it's just a matter of everybody, you know, doing the right thing. And, and then when you do the right thing, then perhaps maybe there's a better chance you have of winning a ball game, uh, than the wrong thing. You can't, can't necessarily go into a ball game. Everybody goes into a ball game expecting to win. If you don't go in there expecting to win, you know you, you know you, you're lost you you might the game is lost don't even go out there and play hey by the way i got to bring somebody in speaking of being lost i'm lost when it comes to fishing but i got a good friend of mine he does a whole lot of fishing man got a lot of programs going on but he also know a little bit about sports todd pride todd how you doing man i got todd on with me oh i had i had todd do i have todd
5: great can you hear me
1: yeah i can hear you man how's it going there
5: I'm doing all right, man. It uh, sounds like uh, Jay Cutler. needs to go fishing today.
1: Well, you know what? I I want to tell you this. I, I think I'm okay with Jay for the for the simple reason that Jay was like, okay, it was a tackle. He 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 wasn't upset about it. He didn't really, if you will, bitch and moan like he's done about some other things. You know, I'm I'm okay with Jay. You know, it's, it, it, it appears that people forget that football is football, and it's a it's a rough game. And there are many times where I don't care who the person is. You got to tackle somebody any way you can, and and it is, and nothing wrong with inflicting a little bit of pain every now and then. But listen, when it, when it's your job, you got to get your job done. And speaking of getting your job done, out in Philadelphia, I know, you know, Andy's already ran off his his defensive coordinator out there. So uh, it was a tough week for Andy. He ran off his defensive coordinator. He come back. The revelation of some of the things that went on with his son and 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 his loss. And God knows, I, I pray for him about that. But tell me a little bit about the city of brotherly love. Are they showing Andy any love this week, or are they still pretty upset, uh, or are they looking forward to the Eagles going to play the Falcons, who happen to be undefeated, and the Eagles are only 3-3? Three and three?
5: Well, you know, Ray, I think it's a lot of wait and see out here in, uh, in Philadelphia, the fact that the Eagles had this bye week. You know, I think all of us that are plugged into the uh, sports news knew that there was a big decision coming down the path. Um, you know, after this last set of games with the Eagles. And, you know, Juan Castillo was the one who obviously took the the axe. So I think it's a lot of wait and see. I mean, obviously there's a lot going on out here in Philadelphia around Andy and, you know, the tragedy with his son. And it was great to see how everybody in the city rallied around, um, you know, Andy with that. And, you know, I think it made, you know, a lot of people stronger um, in and around the Eagles organization and fans, but you know they got a tough one coming up. They yeah. got a tough one coming up.
1: Yeah, you, you mentioned that the people rallied around him, and and I, I got to imagine, man, it had to be extremely difficult for Andy to focus. And then this week for it to come right back into the headlines of the news, uh, in terms of what the autopsy came back and and it was what Andy knew it was, and uh, uh, you know those things came back probably. T- Probably I don't want to say to haunt him, but for lack of a better word, you know they resurfaced and now they're right, you know on the front of the newspaper, and and I just don't think that people in Philadelphia are going to accept that as perhaps maybe a, a a reason of why he may not be as focused this week when they're going in to play the Atlanta Falcons. Do, do you think if the Eagles go into that game and they come out of that game and they don't win? You know, again, are they going to come out of the, you know, out of their rooms, out of their closets, you know, fill up the phones, calling in on, on the talk shows, and are they going to be killing Andy this week if he doesn't win this game?
5: Well, I think you're going to have a little bit of both, Ray. I mean, we've watched this happen over the last decade with Andy, and, um, you know, he's widely respected throughout the NFL, but at the end of the day, you got to win. And, you know, I, I personally... Uh, can relate to what, you know, Andy is going through on certain levels. And, you know, I've watched this over the years, Ray, and you and I talked about, you know, fishing and hunting and the parallels between that and, and football. The one thing that I have seen over these last several weeks when all of this happened with Andy's son is I said, is he getting away? Because as you just pointed out and we talked about before, you know, this has been a constant issue the last several weeks, you know, with the performance of the Eagles the tragedy that Andy's had, but, you know, at some point you need to get away, and whether or not that's, you know, fishing or hunting or something, to get away from the closeness of everything that's coming around you, and I think that's a real important element in what, um, you know, Andy needs to do because, you know, obviously they're back at work right now. they got a game coming up. You know, the stakes are really high. There's a a lot of things, non-football that are going on that are pulling at folks. Hopefully they can use that as a source of energy um, to, you know, break through some, some things that have been holding them back. But um, it's going to be a tough one, though. You know, obviously we got a, uh, a Philadelphia native who's running, you know, the uh, the offense there for Atlanta. So it's going to be a high-charged uh, weekend.
1: Yeah, you know, and you mentioned some things there, and I, and I, I, I want to discuss those a little bit more in depth. Uh, you know, you talked about getting away, and you talked about a bye week, you know. And, and sometimes during the, the football season can be really long. As a matter of fact, uh, the bye week sometimes for some teams depend upon when it is like now this, this time of season, if you're a rookie, you know, it's almost like you've gone through uh, almost a complete college season based upon when you went to training camp. Uh, but you talked about getting away and, and the parallels you and I talked about, about relaxation and fishing and things of that nature. Uh, I, I know you're doing some things with some programs out there. Why don't you talk a little bit about some of those programs and some of the things that you guys are doing? Because Hey, Maybe some guys out there need to listen. When it's time to relax and get away, you really need to get away from the game, truly. And, and there are certain things that you guys do with your programs where it, it does allow a person to actually, you know, relax and, and go back and take a look at some things and, and make some readjustments and think about some planning and come back and then kind of be rejuvenized. So talk about some of those programs you guys are doing, uh, out there, Todd.
5: You know, absolutely right. The uh, organization that um, I've run out here is called the Mid-Atlantic Youth Anglers and Outdoors Program, which is a part of the National Junior Bassmasters operation that I oversee. And you know, our major goal is getting young people from the elementary school age into the college age into you know fishing in the outdoors. And the outdoors part of our name is is more so for for archery and you know, to a more limited extent, hunting. But, you know, we have to be sensitive to people's uh, concerns and issues with that. But a, a lot of it revolving around fishing and, you know, being out on a lake or a river or a stream. And as you recall from, you know, being here in Philadelphia, I mean, sometimes people come to the city here and don't even realize that they're still in the city. They think that they're somewhere in the country. But, you know, it's those opportunities to get into the outdoors of what we called, you know, opening up your mind and opening up your and opening up possibilities. And that's really what the outdoors is about. You know, I fished and I, you know, hunted when I was in school, playing basketball, playing football, in between that, and I can tell you, Ray, being out in the middle of nowhere where at that very moment of time nobody can find you. They don't know where you are and you're just sitting there thinking about life or thinking about nothing. You know, I think those things mean a lot when you get back into, you know, that rat race of school or work or whatever it is that, you know, may be pressing your time and your, and your thoughts. And, you know, this bye week, I'm hoping some of the Eagles did get away. Uh, we've got some, some big fishermen and hunters on the Eagles. And, you know, you got one out there in, uh, in Phoenix that came from, uh, Philadelphia, Kevin Cove. Yeah, Kevin
1: Cove. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I had shared with you coming into this call is, um, with the Eagles bye week, you know, we had a big NFC East, uh, you know, game this past weekend between the Giants and the Redskins. And I can tell you um, what I saw in Eli Manning and his team, you know, pulling that game out is a lot of what, you know, we see in fishing and hunting, which is it's not over until it's over.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, and and if you're talking about Eli Manning and you're on the other side of the field, you got to understand if Eli's over there. You know, Eli, in my mind, yeah, they say Tom Brady, and of course the judge shouldn't have given the ball back to Tom Brady, but. I'm going to tell you what, don't give the ball back to Eli. If there's some time on the clock, don't give the ball Absolutely. back to Eli. Because <laughs> Eli's going to make it happen. Listen, I get a little music in my ear. I'm going to have to take a break. Uh, Todd, hold on. Kevin, hold on. We're going to come back. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm coming back. Don't go nowhere.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You may not know all their names,
4: but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org.
1: Alright, you hear that music, you know the show, you listen to Railroad Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm in Phoenix, but I want everybody to know that the Maslin-McKinley football game is happening this Saturday, October 27th. That's going to be in Massillon, Ohio, and the Canton-McKinley Bulldogs will come out victoriously so i want you to understand that even though i'm in phoenix and what matters to me is that the camp mckinley bulldogs are about to beat up on the Mountain and i just thought i would throw that in one more time so let me get back to some of the other things we were talking about before we went on break and i got todd pride with me and uh, todd is the managing director at uh, i think it's the mid-atlantic youth anglers and outdoor program is that right
5: that is correct right okay you know go to our uh our new facebook site that we just recently launched and
1: What's that? What's the site? Give us the site.
5: It's just Facebook, you know, backslash Mid-Atlantic Youth Anglers.
1: Okay, anglers at uh, an outdoors program. Uh, Todd, you know, before we went to break, you know, we were talking about Eli, of course, and, uh, you know, and how deadly he is, uh, you know, in a game. But but certainly what I you know, I want to talk about, you know, player development is something that's extremely important to me in terms of understanding the total. Athlete, And many times what the athlete nowadays is doing, you know, the athlete of today, you know, there's so many other things that he's looking to and he's looking at to assist with his development in terms of his ability to be a better athlete than those that existed in my generation. And in my generation, the relaxation and sport that we kind of picked up was golf. You know, and, and again, you know, people be surprised, you know, how difficult it is to play golf. And, and I want to tell you, I wasn't too happy about, uh, that my talent on the golf course because I wasn't <laughs> willing to put in the work that it took to be a good golfer because I didn't see instant success. I can tell you this, first of all, I ain't afraid to say it. I'm scared of worms. So, I, you know, I know they don't use live bait nowadays, but that's one reason why I never could become a good golfer. I always got an excuse, but I couldn't become a good fisherman because I wouldn't put no worms on no hooks. But just that's tell old me. School. I, that's what I'm saying. That's old school now. So just tell me nowadays, you know, why is it that instead of playing golf, you know, young men, young athletes, men and women, are going out and they're fishing, what is it that fishing helps them do? How does fishing help them become better prepared for their sport?
5: All right. Well, well, Ray, let me just say that there are a lot of parallels between golf and, and fishing. Obviously the, the big one is that you're in a, you know, very nice outdoor environment for the most part. But you know, I'll <laughs> say the other thing that keeps me slightly away from, from golf, other than the fact that I'm Fishing and, and hunting. When I'm, you know, I could be uh, golfing. Is it's very hard to be totally frustrated when you finish fishing and hunting versus golf. Now I know I've left the golf course many a times frustrated, um, but you know I would say probably one of the big things, Ray, and you know one of the things that we get a lot of responsiveness from from youth, whether it's at the middle school or high school level, as well as parents and and they adults, is how much uh, they're learning as a part of the process of fishing and, and hunting. And you talk about putting a worm on a hook. That, that's the start, but, you know, all the competitive fishing that we're preparing uh, youth for, because there's a huge national movement in the bass fishing arena, which is where we focus. Um, but it's all artificial bait required, so you don't have to deal with those, those, those ugly, nasty worms.
1: Okay, I'm closer to you. Okay, go ahead.
5: Yeah, and then, you know, when you, when you get tired of those worms, obviously you got other types of artificial bait that are, are pretty attractive. I mean, we have a lot of students that actually, you know, design their own lures. Um, and other than the design and trying to, you know, imitate a, um, an element of bait, you know, they like to focus on the physics. You know, what it, what it moves through the water in a particular way. How deep is it going? Um, you know, there's a lot of elements within fishing that, you know, it takes that academic skill. I mean, you can't cut a class in, in and around fishing thinking you're going to catch fish. Now, I know for some of us, I mean, I, I skipped some classes when I was playing football. Not a lot because my mom would have had my head. But you can't skip classes when you want to learn about the elements of fishing in the outdoors. Because if you do, somebody else is studying and learning and you're putting yourself at a disadvantage.
1: Well, Todd, also, man, I, I, I'm going to change it up a little bit, you know, on you in terms of fishing, uh, only because it, this is kind of dear to my heart. I met a young man when I first came here to uh, uh, to Phoenix. Uh, I actually saw him uh, on the red carpet at, uh, at the Super Bowl here, and I think that may have been like 2007, and uh, shortly after a young man, you know, uh, involved in, in an accident of which, uh, you know, they're, they're, I guess the boat was in distress and somehow or another, um, you know, the boat flipped. Some people didn't survive. He did not survive. Uh, is is the sport safer now than it used to be in terms of boating accidents, fishing accidents?
5: Um, absolutely. I mean, the, the biggest element that, you know, we'll all see within uh, boating accidents are are people that aren't, you know, wearing what's called PFDs or your personal flotation devices. Um, we work pretty heavily with the Coast Guard and, um, you know, other organizations that focus on the training element. so, you know, when people are doing the, the right thing and, and wearing their uh, flotation devices, you, you rarely see, you know, those kind of fatalities, um, you know, happening. I mean, while you still do have it, you know, it's a very rare uh, element. Um, within within fishing, you know we deal with that a lot. You know where we are based here in Philadelphia with two, you know, pretty significant rivers that are that are tidal bodies of water. So uh, we're constantly talking to young people and adults that, you know, it's not safe to jump in that water because what you see on the top is not what you're going to see underneath the surface. Um, but that also gives us an opportunity to again advance that safety message of of water and, you know, there's the elements and hazards that come along with that. But, you know, knock on wood, we've been very fortunate to, uh, you know, not have any, you know, significant accidents or any even minor accidents because obviously we're dealing with hooks and things like that. But uh, it's very heavily safety-oriented. And, um, you know, the kids that we're we're training are, are actually training others. And uh, every week I'll have a young person come to me and, and, and teach me about something that I, I forgot about.
1: Mm. Well, you know what, Todd. Let me just say this, man. It's a little different than than football and basketball and baseball and hockey. You know, it's you know it's a sport, uh, and and that sport does feed us. You know, we get a paycheck. But in this particular sport, it happens to be something where you actually can eat what you catch. So so so. What about the nutritional value? And and then again, with the economy being what it is, it makes it a little easier on the pocketbook too. If you are a fisherman, am I correct about that?
5: It is. I mean, uh, it's a little bit more difficult around, you know, some of the the urban areas where you still have a lot of industrial elements. But, um, yeah, the the element of fishing gives us an opportunity to promote um, the healthy component of fishing um, and fish in particular and whether or not that's seafood or what have you or fish that are caught from saltwater environments. But I tell you, the one thing that does influence um, more people than anything else, Ray, other than just the health benefits you know, are the composition elements of what's in your food. Um, I mean, there's a big element, you know, here on the East Coast uh, with our governmental agencies and other organizations that are talking about mercury and lead and fish and other things. And what that does, it gets people focused on the ingredients and what's in their food that then cuts across everything else. So you get it on both sides, but I definitely agree with you as the economy's gotten tougher you know, people are looking at different ways to put you know food on the table, and obviously, uh, one of the healthiest is fish. We just have to be careful with you know where we're getting it.
1: Well, I'm glad you explained that, Todd. Let me ask you something. I understand. You know, we mentioned, uh, of course, uh, Kevin Cobb and, uh, and Eli Manning out there. Uh, there are a lot of other players out there that that are known fishermen. And are there any activities that they're involved in that you might be associated with or any opportunities of which, you know, some some athletes can help you assist and accomplish your mission?
5: Uh, absolutely. We've got a um, a big partnership evolving with the uh, Police Athletic League out here. And if I'm correct, the uh, Philadelphia Police Athletic League is one of the, the largest, if not the oldest in the country, with about 26,000 youth. You know, we've got a, a model center here that we're working with, um, the Taconi Pal Center uh led by a real visionary um you know young man little, little little younger to me but um yeah that that's an organization that a number of the professional sports teams are connected with uh we actually just met with the Boys and Girls Club is based here in Philadelphia uh earlier this morning so there are a number of organizations that um you know NFL and other athletes as well as entertainers are connected with and You know, you hit on something, you know, real important to why we're connected to the NFL and fishing element, which is these young people see the names of these players, and they idolize them in what they see each week. Uh, So having those players involved, like yourself, you know, when when I say uh, Todd Pride versus Ray Ellis, they'll say, "Well, well, Todd who? But Ray Ellis, oh, we heard of him. We know who he is. You know, and that gives us the hook to get these young people and their adult supporters to you know look at these sports a little bit differently so you know we're just appreciative to have your support
1: well no i appreciate you uh, calling upon me todd and and sharing your work with me because i I got a very diverse uh, audience here and and as you said there's some great names here that are fishermen and i'm sure just like we go out and we participate in various fundraising events any event that there's a way that we can help you, and at the same time we can relax and we can have fun, and then we can eat some good food and some good Absolutely. fish. Of course, <laughs> you know we want to make sure that uh, that we do that. So, is there anything coming up anytime soon? Uh, I believe that you and I are talking about some things, and we're trying to perhaps maybe even uh, create a show here that would uh, bring some insight into uh, fishing uh, and expose that program and the fishing opportunities and the benefits of fishing to the entire world. So what are some other things that your folks are working on besides perhaps maybe a new show here with us at Voice America Sports? What are some other things you guys got going on?
5: Well, Ray, you know we are excited about the possibility of of launching a, a show there on Voice America that can connect some of these athletes with some of the young people that you know are connected with us and you know even more exciting than that is having some of these young uh, young people at that middle school and high school age to actually talk about their skills and the things that they're doing but you know, we have a number of environments where we're exposing uh, the fishing and archery activities too uh, we've got a couple of NASCAR races coming up because there's a big overlap between the uh, NASCAR drivers and, and fishing and hunting and again these are individuals that young people and their adult supporters see on TV in what they actually do. But then, you know, being able to show that a Tony Stewart and probably half of the NASCAR, uh, you know, field, if not a little more, big, you know, fishermen and hunters. So we're, um, you know, looking at utilizing those environments, you know, as we go into the holiday season. There are going to be a number of exhibition and showcase events, you know, in this region, and where we're going to be hosting some training sessions. So uh, when folks are starting to spend money for the holidays, you know, we want them to be spending money on some, you know, fishing and outdoor-related uh, activities and resources. So we've got a number of great things coming up, and then there's always that uh, the big outdoor shows that happen in this region in January and February that we're pretty excited about. So, you know, that along with the expansion with the Police Athletic League and Boys and Girls Clubs and YMCAs, I mean, we're, we're pretty busy out here, and as you know, we're expanding to other cities. Uh, throughout the country, going into 2013.
1: All right, hey, that's my man Todd Pride there, and of course, uh, Todd, if they want to reach you and uh, find out more about your program, why don't you give them that website and uh, a phone number, if possible?
5: Yeah, they can go to uh, MidAtlanticYouthAnglers.com, um, or even and more so to see, you know, not just uh, a lot of narrative, but to see some of the stories that we're we're posting, some of the young people that we're dealing with is. You know, go to Facebook.com backslash Mid-Atlantic Youth Anglers. And then if they want to get me directly, I'm going to put my number out there, Ray. Well,
1: there you go, man. Put it 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 out there. You don't have to answer it. Just put it out
5: there. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's 215-954-6998. Again, 215 area code 954-6998. And I, I know I better pick up that phone when a couple of people call me, though. Oh, though.
1: I appreciate it, man. You pick it up every time I call you, Todd, and I know I can always count on you, man. I want you to know you can always count on me. I'll be right here every Tuesday live on Railroad Sports on the Voice of America Network. we got to take a break. I want to thank Todd pride for joining us. And listen, man, I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to start fishing, I right? I'm not ready to start hunting.
5: Okay, I don't like no guns. I don't give you no live worms.
1: Yeah, I don't like guns. As a matter of fact, back in the day, me and my boy Wes Hopkins, we didn't use guns. We used forearms. And we didn't ride horses. We drove Porsches. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. You listen to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like a matters. going to close it out with my man, Kev. We're going to talk about some cowboys and giants and eagles and falcons and my, oh my, what else we might talk about? Come on back and find out.
3: Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
1: Okay, I'm gonna jump on in here real fast. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. It's Maslin and McKinley Week. And it's going to happen in Stark County. It's going to be in Madison, Ohio. And the Cam McKinley Bulldogs will beat the Madison Tigers. Yeah, you heard me say it first before the game even happened. So let me talk about something else that I don't know how that game is going to come out. And that's going to be next Monday night. We got the Arizona Cardinals against the San Francisco 49ers. I think my man Kevin appears to know what's going to happen. Kev, what you think?
2: That's going to be a good game. But oh, I man, that's the
1: easy good way, good man. <laughs> I thought you were going to say going to be a good game. And that's going to be it. Yeah, I I agree it's going to be a good game, but I still think – I'm waiting for my man. First of all, Beanie Wells got to get healthy and come back and contribute to the team. But I, I think that the Cardinals have to establish, it's, it's still old school football. You gotta have a good running game. If you don't have a good running game, you really don't stand a chance. I mean, even Peyton over there with the Ravens, you know, Peyton's got a, he got a good running game, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, I think it's gonna be difficult for the Cardinals until they can establish a running game because listen, first of all, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald is not a burner. You know, Larry Fitzgerald, you know, he's kinda like, you know, like Megatron to cal cal. you know, listen, Detroit, when you got to rely on Calvin Williams, you know, listen, he can be, if he ain't a speed burner, with somebody's, you know, he's just got world class speed, that person can be shut down. And so I, I think Larry Fitzgerald, you know, there's a way to shut him. If he's your only weapon, the quarterback and the receiver, you know, one, two combination, you can always blitz the quarterback and you can double team that wide receiver. I remember watching a game a couple weeks ago. And 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 they had I think it was Calvin Johnson, I think they had a double team on the goal line, up on the line of scrimmage, you know, to try to prevent you from you ain't gonna get the ball here, not this uh you had to go someplace yeah. else. So so I I'm you know, I'm gonna be honest, man. I gotta look at that. As much as I do wanna go with the Cardinals living here, you know, they my third, fourth team maybe. But I think the 49ers going to make that happen. You know, I just I see the 49ers coming out with a victory. I like the way the 49ers playing football, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, they five and two. Uh, I just think that they're going to they're going to come out victorious. But let's, I don't think
2: they're going to be victorious as well. And like you, you know, I I, I, I love the Cardinals. You know, Cardinals have gave me opportunity, so I'm always ride right with the Cardinals. But yeah. They're going to lose it against the 49
1: Yeah, I think they still got to establish a running game and the quarterback. You know, we don't, we never know what might happen with the quarterback. So let's look at another good game out there. It's always, you know, it's that NFC East and you got the Cowboys and the Giants. You know, the, the the Giants at the top of the of the NFC East, of course, at five and two. Uh, but but the Cowboys, the Cowboys came out with a thin margin of victory, but don't make no difference. It's a W. You can only get a W or L in the National Football League. They come out with a W, five and two. Uh, I mean, the Giants five and two, the Cowboys three and three. But Eli,
2: I got to say like my boy Deion say, I believe in Eli.
1: I'm telling you, I don't know why Eli can't get any respect. And before I go any further, I got to throw this out there, too. You know, Eli can't get any respect. And it kind of reminds me of the other night when I was watching. I understand there's some controversy out there. Where well, perhaps maybe the San Diego Chargers could have been using some illegal substance, something similar to uh, what used to be called stick em back in the day. And so, of course, that threw the, one of the greatest cornerbacks to ever play the football game, his name into the mix, and that is Lester shut down Hayes. And can you believe it? You know, Lester's name only comes up because what we talking about. Well, no, I take that back because they have been showing the the greatest tandems lately. And Lester and Mike have been in that conversation. But let's talk about the Hall of Fame conversation. Um, He's got my vote. I mean, everybody who wanted to be a corner back in the day of which now gives you the present day corners. They all evolved from Lester Hayes, just like the hitting. It, 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 the evolution of hitting came from Jack Tatum. If you're a shutdown corner, you Lester Hayes. If if you yeah. if you taking somebody out, you Jack Tatum. So I think that, and both of those men deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame, and neither of them are there. But would you agree that Lester certainly should be in the Hall of Fame?
2: I definitely agree. Lester Lester made a lot of Believe it or not, he made a lot of players uh, want to play the game, want to play that corner.
1: Oh, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, there's no doubt in my mind. You know, I I started off as a corner, a wide receiver in the corner, and there's no doubt about it. you wanted to be Lester Hayes. Now, when you move into the safety position, then you want to be Jack Tatum. But you know, Lester was covering, getting up in your face. You know, you know, just just nasty, beating you up on the line, bump and run. Come on, that's Lester Hayes. Lester Hayes, when you see Bump and Run next to it, you're going to see Lester Hayes. And, and as, listen, Mike Haynes is in the Hall of Fame. Mike's got a yellow jacket. And all due respect to Mike, bad boy. But Lester's name, I think, is, you know, more connected to the corner position than Mike Haynes. And so... To the truth, I believe both Lester Hayes and, and as well
2: as... Uh, um,
1: Jack Payton, they both should have won before. Mike Haynes, yeah. Well, see, I did. You know, we, we don't know what happens, but let's just uh, give a shout out to Lester. Let me tell you now. Let's move on to another good game: Pittsburgh Steelers and the Washington Redskins. Now you got to pick one or the other. And I don't know about you, but I'm gonna ask you, who you think gonna win that one, Kev? I gotta go with Washington. Now, why are you going with Washington? You know, RG three. You know, he played a good game, but he didn't win. You know, it's yes, big another, big
2: band won. here's the thing with Washington. That's another team I will always ride with because they gave me an opportunity as well. But at the same time, them, them Shanahan's, them Shanahan's is uh, they just they put that Washington organization all the way around, and they have the right quarterback and and to where also they have the right tools to use it. Yeah, but now, the Steelers, even though they didn't win. Even though they didn't win, because they could have beat the Giants
1: the other night. They could have. But that defense fell apart, and Eli seen that opening, and and to him, the crews, and that was it. Well, that's the bottom line. Listen, you know, know, like I say with Michael Vick, a lot of times what happens is, you know, you give the ball – the quarterback, whatever quarterback's got the ball at the end of the game, if he can win a game for you, he's going to win a game for you. You know, sometimes the Eagles defense ends up on the football field, which means the quarterback can't win the game for them. They let Eli get on the field. You know, that's what thing Tom Brady the other day, don't let Tom Brady back on the field. You know, uh, the Redskins, they shouldn't have let, uh, Eli back on the field. When you let a great quarterback, a very good quarterback back on the field, consequences will be suffered. So, I'm gonna tell you what, Big Ben, man. I don't know Big. I, you know the the Steelers also. They they found their running game again. They got a big fella back there that look a little bit like Bettis, and I'm like, ooh, big fella running through the holes and it, it, knocking people.
2: That's right. Oh, here's, the, here's the key though. The Steelers have too many injuries.
1: Yeah, the Steel, and that's a, that's what I was going to say. There's too many missing elements. You know, the Steelers like. You know, the team I love. Shout out to my boy, Wilbur Montgomery. Me and Big Will had a conversation yesterday, man. Like the Ravens, they just beat up just too many people. Okay, so, so let's move on to, you know, a game that's near and dear to me that I'm, I'm looking to see that my team comes out victoriously. The Philadelphia Eagles and Atlanta Falcons. We got a couple seconds for you to make a decision. Tell me why. Eagles, Falcons, who you got?
2: I'm going to have to go with the Eagles. Uh, even though everybody thinking the Falcons will win, I think the Eagles going to bounce back after they uh, after they buy, and they're going to give uh, Atlanta their first upset.
1: Well, I'm going to tell you this, too. I feel like this. I think Mike is going to have – he had time off. I think he got a lot of treatment. I think his body is healing. I think his ribs are extremely sore. He just won't tell anybody about it. Uh, and I also – there's always a motivating factor. Whenever a player goes into a town – of which that team decided to get rid of him, they just seemed to elevate their game and and I think Mike's going to play smarter now. He he he's probably going to move around in the pocket a little bit more. He's going to, you know, slide a few more times probably than we've seen, but he knows that listen, Andy just got rid of a a coach. And and now they're talking about Andy's job and his job. And and I think Mike is going to play this a little bit smarter than he's played in the past. And and I look for the Eagles to come out victorious. That's not a homer call. That's just the real deal. Listen, it's about that time. I hear that music the show's about to end. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I always want to thank my man Kev for joining me. Wanna thank my friend Todd Pride and go out there and buy somebody a fish a fishing rod for Christmas. Maybe I don't know about. Don't buy no rifles. Don't. I don't want them out there hunting. I don't know about that. <laughs> but, but anyway, y'all make sure and you come back and listen to the show next week. M- remember, I said this. McKinley is going to beat Masson. That's right. Ray Ellis said that McKinley will beat Masson. So it's that time. I got to go. So I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.